arrive in Ringback Code while your party is reached. Are you kidding me? Really? Nickelback is the default ringtone, huh? Wow. This is bullshit, man. Brian is currently unavailable. Please leave a message. All right, so this is a test of the new Stone On Air phone line. My name is Brian, and I think your show sucks. Thanks. Bye. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian! Well, you know what us ultra-liberals say. When it comes to drugs, lies are okay. Your midweek download destination. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanooga. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone on Air podcast. Download it wherever you find any of your podcasts. That would be anywhere that is possible to download them, except for maybe Spotify. I think Spotify's got podcast download capabilities now, and I'm not there. I'll rectify that in the coming weeks. Lots of cool stuff coming up on the Stone On Air podcast, a weekly dose for September 20th, 2017. Appreciate you guys finding the show. My name is Brian Stone at Stone On Air. On all social media is how you find me. From the absurdity that is Snapchat to the intellectual wasteland that can be Facebook to what I think is the internet, I don't know what I'm even trying to say, fun section of social media is Twitter. Most most of you, based on the numbers and the traction that I don't get, uh, likely don't agree with, uh, with with that opinion and uh, Instagram there as well and then um, yeah so if it's a social media at Stone on Air is how you find it and for searching the show through Google or any search engine or podcast search engines just put Stone on Air all one word coming up on the show today a handful of different things um, Pilgrimage Fest is coming up in Franklin Tennessee outside of Nashville I'm looking forward to that for the first time that's going to be uh, September 24th and 5th or 3rd and 4th, right around in there. Uh, so the tail end of the uh, of the month of September. And uh, I have, I'm have i a big Pearl Jam fan. And, you know, if you listen at all, you already know that. But I've never seen Eddie Vedder by himself. And he is headlining on Sunday. And Justin Timberlake is headlining on Saturday. He's actually one of the, uh, he's a Franklin uh, resident now. And he's one of the organizers, or he's got something to do with it. Normally, a festival of, with that kind of budget probably doesn't land a, a massive act like Justin Timberlake if it wasn't taking place in his backyard. And really, at the end of the day, who isn't at least somewhat of a Timberlake fan? I mean, the guy is really hard to dislike. He's so incredibly talented at everything he does. 
I, I can't tell you more than a song or two that the guy's ever done. But um, if I don't see him here, I won't see him anywhere. So then it's Sunday night for uh, Eddie Vetterman. I just cannot wait for that. Uh, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. I'm still trying to get some traction with that. I'll shoot it out on all social medias here over the next couple of days. I'll, I'll, it, it won't spam you out. I don't do anything with your information. It's just one of those. You get them from everything that you sign up for, for tickets, concert tickets, whatever, ball games sporting events, whatever you might be into, you get that, you know, Track 29 sends you that email and says, hey, here's what's coming up this week. You blow it out and you don't look at it if you don't care or you check it out. So I, it won't be an overly spammed out thing. So if you would sign up for that, I certainly would appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Brand new phone line, the Stone on Air Newsmaker line. I've been thinking about this for a long time and decided to, out of nowhere, just uh, Tuesday the 19th, let's just set up a voicemail call line. And uh, let you guys call in and say whatever you want. Call in and be a total dipstick. <laughs> call in and 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 drop some some knowledge on me. Call in and, and say you hate the show. Call in and say you love the show. I don't care what you do. Call in and say something, and uh, you, you'll hear it play back here on the, on the show. I don't know if it'll be something I do weekly. Probably not. I can't imagine that it's going to have a, a ton of uh, regular entertainment value but I, I bet at times it does and you know if it doesn't work after a while I'll shut it down I won't do it anymore it's no big deal it's just a, a little experiment if you will so 301-8080 301-8080 301-8080 that's the number 423-301-8080 and if you have no interest in that then don't do it it's no big deal all right, so let's lay out the show. It kind of came together at the last minute. Coming up in the opening segment here in just a handful of minutes from now, have you ever heard of Clay Travis? The chances are you might have now in the last week or so. I used to be one of the biggest fans. I've been telling people for years, going on a decade, not quite a decade, but for the all of this decade, the teens of the 2000s, I've been telling you to listen to this or listen to anybody who would listen to me, you should follow along with Clay Travis because he's one of the most interesting and intelligent people I've ever met and he's doing things now that are not uh are not intelligent and it's it's kind of stupid. We'll go down that road. He does some stupid stuff on CNN the other day. Stone's Throw. There's a local food chain in this city that I've had enough with. I've had enough. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to lose my mind, but I am just going to throw out a few things that are infuriating me about a local food chain in the Stone's Throw segment, and in the final segment of the show, uh, my friend, likely, if you're listening to this, is a chance, she's your friend as well, uh, Lacey, I always never know how to say their last name, Clay and Lacey Macell. Um, She posted something on social media, Facebook to be more specific, this was not intellectual wasteland, this was actually thought starters, and thought provoking, and I like it when people thought start and thought provoke, and it's kind of talking about the local artist scene in Chattanooga. And it got me thinking after reading the whole thread, I'm going to read portions of it from local Chattanoogans, some you know, some you don't. And then I'm going to kind of give you my thoughts on the state of the union, if you will, of the local arts community, from music to belly dancing to uh, to, to, to you know, painting art to uh, improv stand-up arts to spoken word formats, whatever it is. Um, I'll give you some of that into the final segment here coming up in just a minute. A couple things real quick before I get to that Clay Travis segment. Just a few minutes ago, on my freaking way home for the 3,231st time, I 
because of my impeccable driving skills, avoided yet another potential disaster wreck. I boast about how good of a driver I am because it's not hard. It's so simple that to be really good at it isn't difficult. And to be absolutely impeccable is not that difficult either. And I can't tell you how many times. Well, 3,231 to be exact, but who's counting? I might have rounded it up a little bit. I'm not sure. But the point is, I cannot tell you how many times that somebody, somebody in the city of Chattanooga or in the southeast has gone home that night, put their head down on a pillow and went to sleep and did not realize if it was not for my incredible attention to detail, if it was not for my complete uh, self-awareness and the understanding of my surroundings, if not for my focus and understanding of of my situation, they might be in a hospital bed right now. This happens all the time. Thousands of times people go home and go to bed at night and don't even realize that they should be potentially in the hospital, but because I am so good at driving a car and being aware of my surroundings, that they're not. There are no such thing as bad drivers, just bad people. If you can't drive, you can't do a lot of things correct. You are a failure at life if you cannot operate a vehicle efficiently. It is one of the easiest things you'll do in any given portion of your day. If you find yourself, oh, I just don't, I'm not a real good driver, you need to reevaluate your entire life all the way around. Spread the word. No such thing as bad drivers, just bad people. And just really fast, I just want to mention this. Uh, I'm a big Ken Burns guy. He's got a new PBS doc coming out in installments. It's called Vietnam. I think it's that's all it's called. It's just Vietnam. And then each 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 installment has its own name. This guy is incredible. And it's like so simplistic that it's 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 stunning. And it's so thorough. And this one's on the war, obviously, in Vietnam. So you would think whenever you read about the war or you read about that time period, you think about uh, what, like 1960, 1958 to, to 1970, what, two or three or four? I, mean, I don't remember the exact years. But you think about that era, right? You think about 50s, 60s, 70s. This documentary that's 18 hours long and in 10 installments starts the story of the war in Vietnam in 1858. 1858. It's fascinating. You're, and, you're, and your brain needs to be uh, understand what it's getting itself into when you're watching one of his docs because it is so thorough. You have to be laser focused or you'll lose track of what's going on. I, his, uh, the first one I ever watched of his was baseball. It's from like 1992 or something like that. And it was like 10, 12, 15 years ago. And I just hadn't, my, my brain hadn't fundamentally developed to understand what I was watching. It's like 20 hours long. And I just I couldn't get through these two hour episodes of all this just such thoroughness that I just didn't think was that interesting. I was waiting to hear about Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and and uh, you know Ty Cobb and all this stuff. And it goes so much more in depth than that. When I finally realized and it matured more, I watched it, and now I can watch it over and over again. I've seen twenty hours of his baseball documentary. I've probably spent forty five to fifty hours of my life watching that documentary and I cannot get enough of it. It is because you, you miss so much. It moves not so fast, like fast in this pace of a, like a television show. It's just so much information to, uh, 
uh, to process. So you have to be ready for it. You have to be focused. You can't you be doing dishes and have it on. It doesn't work that way. you got to sit down and devote your time to it. And uh, luckily, with the way we consume media and television these days, you can do that whenever you want. Ken Burns' new Vietnam doc is incredible and begins in 1858. All right, so let's get to this uh, Clay Travis thing. Clay Travis is a guy out of Nashville. He's a sports uh, writer. He's a he's a he's a personality, if you will, a media personality. But he's in highly intelligent, and he went to Vanderbilt and George, he went to George Washington first, and then Vanderbilt, and he's got uh, he's multiple degrees. He's passed two bar exams. He is a he is a lawyer if he wanted to be, but he doesn't practice. Very very smart and a big time into college football. That's kind of his thing. I started listening to him and then reading some, but mostly listening to him when he was on The Zone 104.5 in Nashville, Tennessee, about seven or eight years ago. And what I love the most, and going to when I'll talk about Lacey's post from uh, Facebook, is just thought-provoking. Is just It just fascinates me. And to me, that's what he did best. He gave you perspective like you didn't get anywhere else. And it wasn't always just sports. It was just life in general. And he was a cut-up, and he was funny, and his whole shtick was to try to be funny. Well, he's kind of taking it, and he's running with it. He is now kind of a caricature of, of himself, if you will. He's just really... He's 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 kind of juvenile. He says stupid stuff to get people get a rise out of people. And right now he's playing to the fan to to his fan base, which is liberal hating white dudes. Really, is is what his fan base is. And he is Fox Sports Radio in the morning. He's been on TV before for for years, off and on different radio stations. He's written a couple of books. Outkick the coverage is his website. And I actually met him. At Bonnaroo 2000, I don't remember what year it was, probably like 12, 12 or 13. And I knew he was there because I listened to him all the time. And I saw him in the in the media uh, area. And, and I went over and, and talked to him. I shook his hand and had a beer, not for a long period of time, but we talked for a couple of minutes and had a beer. And I was like, you know, I'm a big fan. I listen, blah, 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 all that stuff. He was not a national figure at that point. He was just a Nashville Southern uh regional college football guy at that point but I was a huge fan at that time and really technically kind of still am but I'll get to this in a minute but when really really intelligent people do really really stupid things on purpose just to get a rise out of people it it almost infuriates me and that's kind of what he's doing right now so just a little backstory real quick you've heard this at some point probably if you follow around on social media at all Jamel Hill from this awful show on ESPN uh, Sports Center at night uh, she's a black woman with a black guy. They do this show. They're a little bit uh, they're 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 left leaning, if not hard left leaning. I don't watch the show. I think it sucks. I don't watch anything on ESPN. I think all their products have sucked. I have said this for years. ESPN is the NB- MTV of sports. ESPN is to sports what MTV is to music. In other words, trash. It's garbage. Been saying this all decade long. Well, this is something that Clay Travis is running with because of their left leaning, and he is now kind of who's always been a little bit of left of center. He's now doubling down and tripling down on the more moderate, calls himself a radical mo- moderate, and he's just trying to pander to any of his crazy, basically fans that are all a bunch of white dudes. And so he goes on lots of TV shows recently, talking about 
these different things that ESPN is doing. And Jamel Hill tweeted that Trump was a white supremacist and so were all his followers, basically. Stupid-ass tweet, right? I mean, I, it was just, why do that? What, 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 what's the point? Um, th- that's where Twitter turns into an internet wasteland. So she didn't get fired, but there's other people who have been fired for saying other things that are usually more from a conservative nature as ESPN has really turned into a very left-leaning network. Whatever, don't care about any of that. That's not the point. So I edited this up. It's about three minutes long. It's from CNN on Friday. I think that was the 15th was the Friday of September. And he's on with Brooke Baldwin, I think is her name. Never even heard of her. I don't watch CNN much anymore. And it really has kind of gotten to be a a stupid network. I agree with that. But he comes on. And this other dude uh, who used to work for ESPN as an editor for ESPN.com. And it's one of those, you know, just roundtables via satellite here in Nashville, via satellite wherever dude was. And then Brooke Baldwin live in her daytime slot on CNN. And Clay Travis was a guest on that Friday. This is about three minutes long. I cut out some of the portion of the conversation because that's not the point of talking about it for this podcast. So that might not make much sense because that's not the point. Clay Travis with Fox Sports Radio and founder of OutkickTheCoverage.com. Clay, to you first, you know, of all the different columnists or or even magazines in the wake of Charlottesville specifically that that have called out the president as racist, why why do you think he, he, he really took this particular target on ESPN and Jamel? Well, I think because ESPN's not in the business of commenting randomly on political related issues. If you look at their history, they established about 18 months ago that they don't believe their people should be involved in non-sports related political controversies. I'm a First Amendment absolutist. I believe in only two things completely, the First Amendment and boobs. And so once they made the decision that they were Wait, not going to say allow a you conservative non-sports related and... commentary, they right, couldn't hold on, do it hold on, either. Hold on. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly as a woman anchoring the show. Did you say, what did you say? You believe in the First Amendment and BWOBS? Boobs. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history, the First Amendment and boobs. So those are the only two things I believe in absolutely in the country. And so I don't think Jamel Hill should be fired. Jamel Hill's television show is collapsing. Ratings were down 20% last week over last year. I think that's why she's angry. I think that's why she went after Donald Trump. She's begging for ESPN to fire her so she can work somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Um, Keith? Listen, I'm I'm astonished at almost everything I just heard. One of the the things that, and Jamel's a personal (laughs) friend, not not just a colleague, but a personal friend. One of the things that Jamel's had to deal with her entire career and many women who I'm friends with in this business and have been friends with in this business for a long time is sexism, blatant sexism, comments about her appearance, comments about uh, about her racially, comments about her inability or perceived inability to be able to comment on sports because of because of her gender. For So for somebody to come on CNN and to say something like the only thing I believe in in a discussion, I'm, about just, something I'm substance, still there, too. And I just want to make sure it, I'm hearing I, you correctly. I, I, just, B-O-O-Z-E or B-O-O-B-S, because yeah. as a woman, I'm, I'm I'm as in boobs. I believe completely in the First Amendment and in boobs. Those are the only two things I believe 100 percent in in this country. And by the way, Jamel has Why are absolutely you nothing here, to do with live her background on CNN, at all. Speaking, he I, did you notice that? He went straight to that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely I, right. I, I, did go, guys, I did go straight to that. Why would you even it, say that live on national television and with a female host? Why I say it live on the radio all the time because it's true and that's what I do. 
because I like boobs and the First Amendment, which is exactly what I said. Listen, listen, Brooke, I, I think that speaks for itself. I, I, I love the First Amendment as, as well. Uh, I also love women, and I and and, and as you don't love boobs too. Who, the one as one who truly to have I'm done. that even I'm sorry to have her anatomy brought up to have anyone's anatomy brought up in this I'm conversation. Done. This is done. This is conversation else. over. Yanking mics. Uh, bye. See ya. Um, that was entirely inappropriate, and it just took me. Forgive me that it took me a second. It's like live television happens, and you think you hear something, but you're not entirely sure, and then you realize it happened. So I apologize for him and that um let's move on and so as you might imagine twitter and uh, mainly twitter because it's real time but facebook i'm sure did too and other social medias blew up from whether this is hilarious or the most offensive thing ever said and the way i look at something like this first of all you, you do some damn research cnn do some research any entity out there that's having him on because he's because he's been on a lot of different networks recently, and uh, I don't know what he says on all of them. I don't follow all this, and not, nothing escalated to the degree that that was. But do some damn research. Understand who you're dealing with here. Clay Travis is a juvenile, uh, or his his approach is juvenile at this point because he he's emboldened by his uh, by his fan base, which is a very very big fan base. He get he gained forty thousand Twitter followers in 24 hours because of this and he already has you know half a million or you know approaching three quarters of a million so i mean this is this dude is for real a uh a a superstar of sorts if nothing else just in the internet but what was offensive about that a childish stupid remark by a guy who gets his rocks off and gets his fan base riled up by saying childish stupid things there's nothing offensive about this at all it's juvenile. It was crass. It was annoying. It was intellectually defective. It wasn't offensive. Simply put, it was just dumb. It's just a dumb thing to say out loud. It's, it's not wrong or awful or the worst thing ever. It's just stupid. Stupid from a really, really smart guy. A guy who knows better, who, but who does it anyway. And in the end, that's what he's doing here. It's gratuitous. And that's what I always say about some of these TV shows like Walking Dead, gratuitous violence. Um, Game of Thrones, a show I don't watch, but it's full of gratuitous violence and sex. I like some violence in my entertainment. I like some sex in my entertainment. I do watch Walking Dead, by the way, but I still think it's over-the-top gratuitous. Gratuitous sex and violence, just for the sake of it, is pandering to, to morons, to numbskulls, to numbnuts. All right, yeah, anybody can be entertained if, no matter what your IQ level is by a, a set of boobs and, and someone getting their head chopped off. Come on, get a little more intellectual for me, please. And that's why I've always been like, I, you know, I don't understand people who want to fist fight or fight each other. I've always been, and I'm not that smart of a guy, all right? I say that out loud. I am not a very intelligent dude. I just have a lot of street sense and a lot of common sense. And I think I have a, a decent perspective on things. I'm not very intelligent. I'm woefully uneducated. But I don't want to fight somebody. I want to intellectually kick their ass. You don't have to be smart to do that. Because most people are really dumb and cannot control their emotions. Self-control is a thing of the past. Emotional self-control is almost non-existent. And even the smartest people on the planet still sometimes can't control their emotions 
So that's where I try to keep myself together is have decent opinion. Yeah, I could go. We can all say stupid stuff. I mean, he was laughing. You know, keep trying to keep from laughing when he first said that the most absolutes in my life are the First Amendment and boobs. He almost laughed saying it. He knew what he was doing. It wasn't offensive. It wasn't offensive at all. It wasn't sexist. It wasn't anything except for juvenile and simply put, dumb. And I don't like that. I don't like gratuitous anything. Do Have a purpose. Understand why you're doing things if you're trying to entertain, if you're trying to create something. If you're, I'm going to talk about creativity in the, in the third segment. If you're trying to do something that, that is interesting, that you want people to pay attention to, try to, to thought-provoke them. Don't be gratuitously juvenile just because you know you got a bunch of idiots out there that can all laugh about it. So anyway, is Clay Travis offensive? No. He's just, he's, he's just dumbing it down because he knows he can get away with it. Stop giving him the platform to do it, and then don't get all offended and, and act like you're outraged when a clown does clownish things. Coming up in the third segment of the show, I'll look at the local arts community and what some people are thinking and talking about it through social media. But first, there's a local eatery, food, grocery chain, and I just, I can't take this damn place anymore. Heads up! It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa! Back up the truck! What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me, I'm stupid, I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, so years back we had anybody around Chattanooga, very familiar, and the Pruitt's family in the old Green Life Grocery. And it was a jewel, an absolute gem of a place to get something to eat, Pretty expensive high-end on all that stuff, so I didn't quote-unquote shop there. But it was a great place to get a damn good bite, and I used to live in North Chattanooga back when they had that old uh, location there in the Riverview area, so it worked out well for me a lot. Then it moved over to uh, the uh, one North Shore and was there for how many years was it there? Probably uh, two at least, maybe three. It's still high quality stuff. It slipped a little when it went to the to the bigger box kind of feel, but it was still pretty solid. And then Whole Foods comes out. Of course, Whole Foods comes in and buys them out. And that's been a while now. Five years at least, maybe longer, six years, maybe seven years. I don't remember how long it is, but it's been a little while. And uh, you know how I like to use audio, and especially from South Park, I tried to dig up some Whole Foods stupid stuff from the uh, last season, but i just be honest with you. There's only so much post-production I can put into this podcast, and I ran out of time and patience to dig that audio up. But I went over there the, whatever day it was this week, I guess just you know Tuesday, and I have just now all of a sudden started drinking different kind of coffees. And I started with really which is just sugar and, and mocha, iced mocha is what I kind of ran into that I liked. And then I thought, that was a little too sweet. I'm going to try something else. And so then I started getting... Um, an iced brew, cold brew, iced cold brew. I don't even know if that's how you say it. I just don't know. I've never drank coffee my whole life um, until recently, so last year. And But with some mocha and milk in a cold brew. And it, it's a really good taste, and it's loaded with some sugar and tons of caffeine and gets you all jacked up for a few minutes. I'm kind of liking it. I'm grabbing a new drug here. And so I was at Whole Foods because I go there all the time. 
because it's even when it sucks, it's still one of the best options for getting a semi somewhat quality meal. I don't you know I don't shop there either, but I buy some uh, some produce and some meat there occasionally, and then I hit the hot bar all the time. And I'll get to that in a second, but they they have some people that are genuinely very nice in there, and then they have some people who are almost emotionless. And I see they have a little coffee table thing and I, or coffee bar thing. And I, I'm a little early for the day, and I figured, ah, hell, I'll get a coffee. Why not? So I said, hey, you know, I don't really know what this is called, but I'm, I'm going to do like a cold brew and uh, with some mocha and some milk or something. Is that something you can do? She's like, oh, yeah, well, um, yeah, the, the cold brew is, is over there, like in this prepackaged thing. I'm like, what do you, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Normally I just, I order and then they make it. Do, do I, do I go get this and then bring it over to you or, or what? And she's like, well, she's like, yeah, I mean, we can, we can mix up uh, whatever, I guess. I mean, it was just really kind of like, I don't really give a damn if you get a coffee or not, bro. Like, I, what, what, what do you need here? And I said, well, yeah, so Camp House is a place I go a lot. And, um, and, and they made up this, this cold brew with mocha and milk and it's really good. And is there a way I can do that here? It's like, yeah, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what Camp House does. I was like, and at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm already done with this. I know I'm not getting a coffee. I'm not trying to be too big of an asshole here. Uh, listen, I just told you the three ingredients, cold brew, mocha, and milk. Like, I didn't ask you to come up with, you know, try to figure out what it was. I just told you what it was. Not quite those many words, but I did say, well, I just gave you the three ingredients, but you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I walked off. All right, so that's just like one little microcosm of so many things about this place. It sucks. The one thing that's been driving me crazy so bad recently is, honestly, guys, honestly, and I've, I, I have tweeted at Whole Foods America and at Whole Foods Chattanooga, are, do you ever ch change the menu? And that's a rhetorical question because I know the answer. No, you don't ever change the damn menu. The hot bar is virtually the same thing every single day. There is no rhyme or reason to what they do. Often, breakfast is there until noon. Just burn up on your hot bar. The sandwich section is okay. The pizza section has gotten really bad. The, the soups, they're either sometimes regular soup and other times just plain paste. Every now and again, the mac and cheese is okay mac and cheese, and sometimes the mac and cheese is soup. Like, literally, like running, drippy, nasty crap. It's like there's no consistency here, and there's no change in, in, the, in the menus for months and months. And I go there all the time. Now, I get it. All right, stop going, bro. I get it. I, if there were a lot of better, quicker, easier options where you can control the portions, I would go to other places. But that's why I like it. I like to be able to control my portions. You go buy food at restaurants or anywhere in a setting, generally speaking, I'm, 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 it's wasteful for me. I, I'm, I, I peck. I don't, you know, I don't eat big meals. So I like to be able to control my portion size. That's why I keep going. Every now and again, they do surprise you and throw a new item on there. But damn it, it isn't much. It isn't very often. And of course, the prices are high, but I don't mind spending high prices for high quality. They still have quality items in this store. You know, It's still better than most. But you got to change up the menu. You got to put the stuff online like Green Life used to do. Be able to look it up and see what was on the menu this week. And I go in if, whether I wanted to or not. It's just 
So we'll see what it is, and generally speaking, it's going to be the exact same crap over and over again, and then you either get somebody who's so cheery they're annoying, or you get somebody who's emotionless, or somebody who's just plain not interested in dealing with you like the coffee chick was. Sorry if that's offensive to somebody, but the, the coffee girl. And I just had it with this place, man. Had it. Tired of it. All right. That's it. Coming up next, we'll talk uh, about this thread that uh, Lacey Marcel put out on Facebook. She is the uh, wife to Clay, the lead singer and primary songwriter of Strung Like a Horse, a one of the biggest uh, bands to come out of Chattanooga in a long time and one of the more successful ones, and going to kind of talk about arts in the city and where it's appreciated, where it's not, and how supporting local where it's kind of getting lost on some people. We'll, we'll get into that coming up next. This is from, I can't even remember what it's called, one of the DVDs that uh, or live performances that uh, Eddie Vedder released in the last five years or so. And this is Big Hard Son. He didn't write it. I can't remember the guy's name who did, but it's an incredible song from Into the Wild soundtrack. And this is going to be a major treat for me Sunday night. I mentioned to some people who are going to the Titans game uh, against the uh, Seahawks. It's going to be a great time. I mean, I hate to miss this. Like, we're going to the Seahawks. Are you going to go? Because I you know, I have season tickets. And I was like, yeah, I gave my ticket away. I'm not going. I'm going to go see Eddie Vedder. Like, Jesus, dude. How many times can you see Pearl Jam? Dude, you don't get it. This ain't Pearl Jam. This is Eddie Vedder. This is one of the most important human beings in my life. And this will be exact opposite of Pearl Jam. And I think it's going to be funny when you get some French Pearl Jam fans in there who are going to be pissed off because they don't get to hear Pearl Jam music. They get to hear Eddie Vedder do whatever he is going to do. I don't know. I haven't been looking at the set list. I haven't been looking to see what he does because I don't want there to be any kind of spoiler. And so I look forward to that in Nashville. This is Big Hard Son and Eddie Vedder. All right, be right back. We'll talk about uh, Lacey's uh, post on Facebook, and then we'll put the wraps on the show. Hang tight. Remember, call that line, 301-8080-301-8080-301-8080. The Stone On Air Podcast, the weekly dose for September 20th, 2017. Continue next. We've got just precious minutes until we wind down this thing and then start watching some golf for the, and drinking beer for the rest of the afternoon. Or start a little early, actually. I mean, might. <laughs> Strong Like a Horse live on Talk Radio 102.3 and Stone on Air. All right, take it away, Crispy. Well, I don't Welcome back to the show, the Stone on Air podcast. This was when it was the Stone on Air radio show. A really cool radio show, weekly on Sunday nights, focusing on and inviting in local artists, local musicians, local comedians, local promoters, local people, period, having conversation and performances. A very cool radio show that had a YouTube channel and a multimedia presence on a really lame asshole radio station that fired me <laughs> in June of 2016. Hence now the standalone podcast. On April 10th, 2016, my birthday, my 36th birthday, one of my favorite days of my 
later adult years. Strung like a horse was my guess. Go to the YouTube channel, just uh, and it's another one of those, just search out Stone on Air, you'll find it. Nathan Gale, um, who is a good friend of mine, former videographer for that little project, that six-month experiment, executive producer of the show, in the old radio land, he works in TV and various medias over the years, and he put together these videos, and they are on the YouTube channel, and I, uh, I encourage you to go check that out if you haven't done so already and so why i'm talking about clay and his band well because his wife Lacey posted on uh facebook a uh, a, th- a thought-provoking thought-starting uh back and forth thread that went for a long time i i read almost all of it anything that happened after mid-afternoon i didn't read because it had a lot of activity and a lot of back and forth and it was a very quality uh conversation sometimes people in this city i don't know if they're just butt hurt because they don't get as much uh, love for their their music or their podcast or or whatever it is, then starts sometimes getting you know antagonistic at times when when people bring these kinds of things up. That's happened on threads I've done. There's one local musician and, uh, and you know and then another guy another podcaster who just loses the mind if 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 they're not the center of attention. But that didn't happen on this on this uh, thread. There was uh, lots of good conversation and and it, so Lacey started this off. And then once I get done reading some of these responses, I'm gonna kind of talk about the the state of the local art scene and where I th- I've seen it go for the last 25 years and what I think about it. And it's not as glowing as you might think. So Lacey posted on Facebook and says, I see the phrase support local artists a lot. I'm curious about how others may see or perceive this. I have a couple of questions. When you read or post this statement, who, what medium, and what level of artist are you thinking of? Two, in what ways do you personally support these artists as an individual? And there's a bunch here. So I've got like 10, you know, I don't know how many pages here. So I'm just going to just kind of go through them. Uh, Lisa says, I try to see it the same way as support local business. But often when I read it, it sounds like we're begging. It stings a little, but I have a tendency to take things personal regarding art for money lately. It's okay for me to pay someone 350 bucks to remove a tree limb from my yard. But if I tell someone a piece of art I've worked on for a couple of weeks is $225, they balk. I don't kind of come back to that. You do get that a lot. Uh, Lacey would respond, uh, indeed, my dear, these are frustrations with most artists, I believe. Steve comes in and says, I hate the phrase to support local artists or support local art or anything along those lines. I hate the phrase. It typically comes from a lazy artist or a less talented artist. Give people something to support and they will. Now, he's not wrong. Steve, you're not wrong. But I think it's a little more complicated than that. Sometimes, this is Morgan into the into the State of the Union later on, sometimes your last name or people you know dictate how much exposure you get around here in the good old boy network of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, further on down into the thread, Hope says, the motto, support local artists, comes as a, rem- a reminder to a cheapest first culture meaning cheapest as in price, the cheapest first culture, that cheapest isn't always best for you or your community. And we get that a lot in the suburban nature, the peripheral of the downtown arts area where 
How much does it cost? Whoa, hey, I don't want that. You know, if it's cheap, I'll get it. You know, let's go to Walmart. Uh, Steve says, if you have the talent better than others and I know about it, then I will support it. I have never met a super talented hustler begging for anything. I have. Steve, I have seen super talented people who aren't begging, but they're trying to scream to the top of their lungs and getting very little response. I know several of those, as a matter of fact, and the celebration of mediocrity in Chattanooga is part, again, as we get towards the end of this, and the State of the Union of the Arts in Chattanooga. Brett Nolan from Soundry, one of the best recording engineers in the city, says support equals a chance at potential acknowledgement of legitimacy. To the masses, this means don't ask to get on the list at shows. Buy a CD or a digital download. Don't make copies of artist creations. Don't ask for, at least don't expect discounts. Seek talent locally before you go looking to a bigger city. I think when he says that, he probably is referring to recording and and um, and merchandise and things like that, if, if I can kind of speak for Brett in that one. I believe that's where he's coming with that. Um, pay for services. Invest in real potential. And above all, take locals seriously as artists. They take you seriously as consumers of their products and most likely won't come to your quote-unquote real job looking... For a handout, he continues, creative professionals on all fronts have it tough and that their job being finished is often based on the opinions of others and is sometimes unmeasurable. I find that to be very difficult in my, in, in, in my circles, as a matter of fact. Supporting local artists means recognizing what goes into their work and compensating them for their time as much as you would the person building your porch or hooking up your surround sound. Time is money no matter who you are. It's not the artist's fault. They enjoy their work. Believe me, we pay for it. So should the consumer. And then says, I'm done now. A couple more. Heather uh, Holly from uh, one of the local TV stations. I don't remember where she works right now. The people that come to mind when I think of local artists are tattoo artists, painters, sculptors, builders, and performers, musicians, dancers, etc. Supporting for me is buying their product when I can and sharing their info. Sometimes it's using my job to help try to keep them, ex- give them exposure with the appearance or wearing their merchandise. My buddy Nathan, who I was mentioned before, says, I like what I like, and I don't care where it comes from. And I, I, I appreciate where Nathan's coming from here, because just because it's from Chattanooga doesn't mean it's necessarily any good. We like to support things in Chattanooga, but it's still got to be a quality product. Back to Nate's comment here, I buy art from all over the world. I listen to music from all over the world. If I like you, then I'll support you. Just had to throw this in there because it throws my name in there. Also, Chattanooga tr- tends to oversell their products and build it up bigger or cooler than it is. That's true. And there's an entire list of frustrating things that Chattanooga is doing. Maybe I will do a podcast with Brian Stone on Stone On Air about it. Tag me in both of those. Thank you, Nate. I love that local podcast. I would rather see things that we already have become better by striving to get to that next level. At whatever that level is, from venues to bands to writers to painters to hairdoers to video makers to photo makers, complacency is the death of art. He's not wrong there either, and Lori just says it's an overused phrase, period. Um, So Lacey, who started that, I should have given her kind of her credentials. She is um, a a belly dancing Zanzibar studio, I believe. So a dancer, a, uh, I've seen her do some kind of visual art or painting art before, and she, she does hair. So basically everything she does involves a creative nature. And 
a lot of people forget or didn't care or don't know or whatever that that I've played music and was in, in and out of crappy garage bands. And the one band that actually played a lot of gigs, well, Lacey probably doesn't even remember. We did a, a, a show with Up the Joneses when she did some belly dancing. I, I, I didn't even know her back then. But uh, we that was my creative outlet, outlet for a long time. I'm not a very intelligent person. I'm not overly smart in any in any way. Um, I don't do anything really all that well except for the spoken word format and from a radio production uh, angle. I I boast about very few things. I'm an excellent driver and I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty good at editing, audio editing and and spoken word formats and production and direction and execution of a podcast, of a radio show. I'm pretty good at that. I wasn't that good at music. I was just good enough to have a little bit of fun with it. And so from like 15 to like 29, I, I played music just with that dream, and it didn't work out. But it was fine. It was still a creative outlet. I still had fun with it until I realized it wasn't for me anymore. And then I did radio from 22 until 36. And so that was another creative outlet that I, I did believe I did well with. And then I've got this now, which I'm finding... These same struggles that people are realizing here is that to get appreciation and monetization from uh, from from quote unquote your artwork is very very difficult in the city, and there are a lot of people who who have a better time at it than others. But what a part of the problem we have here in the in the city of Chattanooga is that we celebrate mediocrity as an overall city. It's only the last you know twenty some odd years that this city has begun to become more and more progressive and 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 more and more open to um, to to the city's talents you know it was 15 years ago and riverbend would barely even book a local band and riverbend's a pile of crap uh, county fair uh awful awful one of the worst festivals in in the country and so they're not really relevant anymore but for the longest time there weren't a lot of options and there weren't a lot of places to play and there weren't a lot of places to to show off your your artwork in regards to what it is. I mean, freaking Wayne White is from this town, and nobody even knew who he was until recently with uh, Shaky Ray, Levi, and the and Bob Stagner and all those guys were helped to, to make that happen. There was so much that you could have showcased here or at least tried to invest in, and the city wouldn't do it. And it wasn't just, I don't mean the city itself as far as government. It was, it was the suburban nature of this city. The downtown's tiny, man. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Go to any other major city, even Knoxville, which barely counts as a major city. If it weren't for that stupid school, there would be nothing in Knoxville worth doing, except for a couple of exceptions. But it's a tiny little downtown. And the suburban nature of this area, they didn't care. They didn't care. The Walmart-going nature of, of, this, of this area is still that way. And celebration of mediocrity is everywhere. Your last name is so important in this city. Sometimes you can be as talented as, as, as anybody else, but your last name isn't, isn't the right name. You don't know the right people. Nepotism and favoritism is a really, really rampant and real thing in this city and has been for a long time. And even as the arts are getting better, as we have invested in, in, in way more programs and, 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 and way more initiatives to, to help that that culture thrive and i don't even think the thrive is the right word but at least survive you still if you don't know the right people or don't have the last right last name it doesn't matter how talented you are you're getting 
ignored in, in, in circles. The freaking City Dope magazine, City Scope magazine, does a, a write-up on the golden age of podcasting, quote-unquote, and doesn't even call me. Doesn't even call me. I have no idea. Well, I did know what was going on because people told me about it. But the, the, the brooch, and it's not just me. There's a beer chat. There's a local of, of, of beer and, and pop culture podcast that has hundreds of shows and hundreds of listeners, at least, if not thousands. Didn't get a call. Why? Well, I don't know. Probably because we don't just sit around and stroke whatever we need to stroke to make sure people like us. And we don't sit around and tell everybody how great Chattanooga is just for the sake of doing it. I don't know. I just don't know. Favoritism, nepotism, I don't know what it is. But we celebrate mediocrity. When it comes to uh, media, to venues, to uh, uh, personalities, to, I mean, Mr. freaking Belding. Mr. Belding, this city can't, go, can't get enough of. The guy was an idiot on a stupid TV show that we all watched growing up. Whatever, I get it. He's a successful guy, and he's a good story. He's a success story. But we'll act like Mr. Belding's the most amazing star ever, and a guy like Wayne White, people don't even know who he is. Don't even know who he is. Far more successful than Mr. Drunk-Ass Belding ever was. So that's part of the problem, the culture of celebrating mediocrity in this town. And the good old boy network, and who you know, and how you get a job often is based on how safe you are. Are you safe? Do you keep it? Do you keep it between the ditches, and you never venture outside of any kind of safe zone? Well, then you might be all right. But you know what it also means? Your content is boring. Whether it's a band, whether it's a media personality, whether it's a a, a, a belly dancer, whether it's a a an actual you know painting artist, whether it's improv comedy, whatever it is, if you're if you're safe, you're boring. There's nothing, there's nothing interesting or creative or thought-provoking about that. So that's why the arts struggle in this area is because often suburban Chattanooga doesn't know what to do with it, doesn't understand what it is, and if it doesn't cost like $13.50 on the clearance rack at Walmart, they don't want it. They don't want it anyway because they don't understand what it is. And I don't know what you do about that. My name is Brian Stone, at Stone on Air. On all social media, be sure to call the Newsmaker line. Just set it up this week, as a matter of fact. 301-8080-301-8080. Give it a ring and uh, let me know what you think. If you think I'm a total asshole idiot, tell me. You think I'm great? Tell me. You think the show needs to be better in certain ways? Tell me. I'll put these things together and I'll play them back on uh, random shows here and there. Stoneonair.com is up. It's that crappy old website. I'll have a new one eventually. And what else is going on? I guess that's just about it. This thing drug on a little bit longer than I planned, but um, that's what I do, man. <laughs> Give me a microphone. I just sometimes can't stop. So, Lacey, thank you for putting that out there on, on Facebook. And anybody who I quoted, I hope uh, you're cool with that. And if you're not, then uh, tell me to go blank myself. I don't really care. You guys take care. We'll do it again next week, every single Wednesday, your midweek download destination. This has been the Weekly Dose for September 20th. 2017. Be interesting. Be thought-provoking. Be creative. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember and continue in 2017 to watch this space and we'll do it again next week. See you! Bye!
and your body.